Welcome to Stories from the Track from Freebooter Racing. My name is Nathan. A few weeks ago, I went for a ride with my little brother. He told me he wanted to hear some more stories from my past. I figured it's a good chance for me to tell one and you know, show that I'm not just starting out and have no history in the bikes. Um, so, here's a story from... 2006 National Championships. I was just sport class, but it it's one of those stories where you're at a time in your life when your support kind of drops off and you have to really make a decision on where you're going to go with your bike riding. So here it is. Uh, hope you like it. I was 19 years old, living in a rundown house in what could only be described as a walk-in closet. I lived with five roommates, a variety of guys that ranged from emo indie to a hardcore door-to-door Democrat who didn't feel he could be taken seriously if he wasn't in a suit. The house was rowdy three or four days a week. A beer pong stadium equipped with floodlights held most of the action. There have been hospital trips that have come out of the intense, competitive play that occurred there. And even a team that made the very first Beer Pong World Series. In this bastion of youthful exuberance, mostly looking back and seeing what a tool bag I was, two of my roommates became avid mountain bike riders with me. An amazing transition that I was able to watch. From barely making it a mile qualifying for the XC National Championships. Leaving the junior ranks behind, I got caught up with a non-supportive girlfriend and the harsh reality of supporting myself. My cycling career crumbled at that moment. Money was tight. Half of my financial budget came from calling the bank to get overdraft fees taken off and avoiding phone calls from my mom. She was just trying to help me, of course, but once again, I was a 19-year-old tool bag. I found myself doing nothing but hanging out with my roommates and friends. Miserable life. That wasn't until I got a call from a friend named Casey. We had known each other since elementary school and started our high school mountain bike racing team together, one that still exists 15 years later. Casey needed a mechanic at the shop he was working for. The pay was 10 bucks an hour. 35 cents more than I made as a casino health spa attendant. I ditched the sweaty ball towels and headed for the promised land. I still didn't make enough to change my life. But I was finally surrounded by bikes again. Studying bike catalogs inside and out was the most amazing perk of a bike shop. It didn't even hurt that I couldn't afford the things I was looking at. On the sales floor, my racing background was the best tool I had. But I wasn't racing anymore. It was a thought that never crossed my mind. I started riding after work with Casey. I wasn't in the best shape and I'm not sure if he was either. We rode, though, every day. 
disappearing into the mountains, and the extreme bike talk that seemed to take over any speech that escaped my brain. My two roommates took their old bikes and started to pedal with me. Between days training with Casey and my roommates joining me on quick rest day jaunts up the mountain, my fitness had come back. I created a season around my budget. Three races. I could afford three races if I scrounged up enough for the entry fees. I had no idea what my fitness was like when I got to the first, the Peavine Challenge. This race was on my home trails, the ones I'd been training on. Casey and I were given the morning off from the bike shop, and my roommate Chris decided it was time for him to test his newfound love of bikes against someone other than me. I was just in the sport class, but after a few embarrassing performances coming out of my junior racing stardom, it was okay. I can get into the story of this race another time, but the easy summary was that Casey beat me. A 1-2 for the Peloton Bike Shop Mechanics. My roommate Chris got second in the beginner class. He got beat by a hearty number, but the important thing is... We qualified for the national championships in Sonoma. The summer was full of riding bikes and getting drunk. My eye was on the prize, though. The national championships were coming up. I spent half a paycheck on the entry fee. So I had to explain to my mom that I had priorities. As she bailed me out of my rent debt again. Chris, having qualified for the national championship... And having a new girlfriend to impress was going to join me on this adventure. Hotels were out of the question due to budget constraints. So we found a KOA that was cheap. It was near the course. And they offered free breakfast. We filled a nice chest with some easy foods. And one crazy dish that is memorable. But I have mixed feelings about. We loaded up our bikes into my Subaru Baja and set off to Sonoma. The race was at Sonoma Raceway, formerly known as the Raceway Sears Point. We showed up to our camping spot late Friday night. Chris actually had a real job. The place was pitch black. We used the Baja to try to light the spot up so we can get the tent set up. It didn't do much but upset the glamour campers and the spots behind us. Aging heads popping out of camper doors and the intimidation tactic of angry, passive-aggressive stares. They probably complained to their wives about how rude we were after they went back inside. When we were finally unpacked and the camp was set up, it was still early for us. So we got on our bikes and raced around the campsite looking for trouble. Growing up in a family that finds camping more as an excuse to party all weekend, every weekend, at a lake that virtually has no rules except for not to burn down the place, which we have, kind of, I expected someone to be raging at the campgrounds. It had never occurred to me that when people go camping, they go as a quiet retreat, not a rowdy outdoor excuse to let loose. When we couldn't find anyone in like-minded spirits, 
we decided we need to go find things to jump on our bikes. Ripping through people's camps for an hour. Jumping off stumps, lumps, and speed bumps. We had finally come to the conclusion that we were getting bored and should probably go to bed. We were up early, 6 a.m. Boredom from the camping area and excitement to go to the event had taken over. We loaded up our bikes and headed to the race. Being it was Chris's first time at a big race, he was in wonderment at the pit area. We visited every booth, anything we could do, at least twice. For me, it was half about catching up with friends who worked in different areas of the bike industry, and maybe a little bit of bragging to my roommate about how I was actually a decent racer once. Kind of like this podcast. Really, the only thing I was told from my friend Kenny, who asked me why I was racing my Santa Cruz Blur and not a hardtail. He said the Blur would be too much bike. The time perspective, because I'm not sure if anyone would say that 100mm would be too much bike. Now. Ever. But after a few hours it was hot. Hot and muggy. I come from the desert. So this was not the kind of heat I liked. We wandered over to pick up our race packets. Our races would be the next day, nice and early. It would be a small reprieve from the heat. At least the start of the race. I knew we would still be on track when the sun would rain fury on us. It was late afternoon. The heat was starting to die down. Four cross finals were still two hours away. So Chris and I decided to ride the cross country course to get some riding in our legs and know exactly what we were up against the next day. We started our ride at the racetrack. It's nice to ride on actual legendary racing courses feels like the history and prestige of the course get absorbed into you as you cross each little bit of tarmac. I also absorbed all the heat that came off the legendary prestige, so it was a hustle to get to the dirt. The first climb was steep, hard-packed fire road, the perfect place to break the weaker racers. Then it went into two-track. Trails cracked and dry, splitting and peeling away from the earth. Miles rolling hills, rough from the dry season. Near the halfway point, we reached the top of the course. The sun was going down. The weather cooled as a breeze swept over the cold bay waters, blew across the grass. The sky over the ocean turned dark purple. The sun painted streaks of fire through the hanging fog. A vision that will be burned in my mind forever. The rest of the course was on paved service roads, right down to a tricky single track chicane, down some stairs, and back onto the track. We hustled to the four cross track and watched the finals in our tight spandex. And here, we weren't out of place.
That night, I made a dinner of seafood medley fettuccine alfredo in the sliver of dusk that was still left. Chris and I ate, sitting on logs. The meal still lingers as one that was mediocre, not bad. But I'm not sure why I would take a frozen Walmart pack of various seafoods. I mean, squid, octopus, shrimp, fish, and mussel. To a camping trip. Chris loved it. I mean complimented it. Must have paired well with the Miller High Life. Next day would be a busy day. And with no light anyway. We crashed around nine. We broke down camp at six. We loaded up the Baja. And headed for Sonoma Raceway. We got there about two hours before my race. And about a half an hour before Chris's. He hustled to get ready. And then I sent him off to the biggest race of his life. I got ready right after. And headed to an area where people were riding. Just a small pathway to warm up. I ran into my friend Stefan. Right away our numbers were saying that we would be racing together that day. I had met Stefan at a training camp at the... University of Santa Cruz a few years before. A majority of racers that came from Northern California. Stefan, me, a kid from Flagstaff, and two brothers from Idaho were the only racers at the camp that didn't have anybody from their high school to hang out with. We warmed up together, catching up on what each other's new, semi-grown-up lives were like. They were the same, school and working at a bike shop. Who would have thought? We went to staging. The race was about to start. They bunched every sport racer on the same line, not breaking us up into the different age groups. We glanced around, studying what number plates were my direct competition. My heart was racing. It's racing just talking about it. I became overwhelmed. I had to bring my mind back to the line focus on the race and not my competitors the group in front of us shot off I pushed off to the line on the front my body began to tingle my heart rate went up or down both neither I looked at the course referee a man I had met many times in many different races starting pistol was up time stopped I leaned over my bars the race was on I took off hard up the first dirt road from the ride yesterday I knew that a hard effort up the climb would separate who was competing for the win and who was just there to be a part of the race one racer in front of me Stefan hugging my wheel. I closed my sight in on the racer in front of me. I was pretty sure he was in the age group ahead of me. But I couldn't take any chances. I put the hammer down to hold his wheel. Stefan slowly slipped off the back. But the pack behind him was broken. I felt good. Really good. But the racer in front of me was just that. 
always in front of me. I stayed with him. We came to the asphalt. I reached down for my water bottle. There was nothing. It must have rattled out of the bottle cage. It was bad. 25 miles left with no water. I climbed the asphalt. The heat really sank in. I'm not sure if it was that I knew I had no water or if it was really that hot. Later I learned it was 98 degrees with 80% humidity. Miserable from all vantages. I kept with the racer on the second lap. The water bottle was waiting for me in the feed zone. The most glorious water bottle in the universe. I fell slowly back on the second lap until I was just alone. The heat, track trail, and my water deficient mind. I just kept going. Full race pace. Autopilot engaged. I don't even remember much from the second lap. Bits and pieces of scenery. Nobody around. Nothing spectacular. Just the race. I came around the line. The last lap of 10 miles was ahead. And I had nearly a 20 minute gap on third place. The first lap with no water had taken its toll. I knew I was slower on the last lap, but I had no idea I cracked. It wasn't the normal dead legs that come from exhaustion. I was just slow. I raced through all the fire road and two track, and then I was near the end of the last lap. A small climb on the asphalt near the end. Stefan came up behind me. Holy shit! Was all that came out of my mouth. He said he didn't think he would catch us after the first lap. Wished me luck and rode on by. I gathered whatever strength I had left and went after him. It was too late. On his wheels, we came to the switchback down the stairs to the racetrack. I didn't lose him. Maybe I can get him in the corner. Or maybe he'd make a mistake. He didn't do either. He went across the finish line. A few seconds in front of me as a national champion. I would have thought I would have been mad. I've been mad when I lost a local club race. I wasn't though. Circumstances racing. It's part of what makes it exciting. I had a friend who had just won the national championship, and I got to stand on the podium right at his side. It was a happy day. I felt like I earned my place there. I trained hard. I wrenched on my own bike. I lived a lifestyle that was fun. And I did it. My second race of the year. A second at the national championship. I chugged a bunch of water and a Red Bull and headed home. Ready to attack the Downeyville Classic. Knowing that I was one of the best in my class in the country.
Thanks for listening. Make sure you leave a review on iTunes. It's going to help us out a lot. And make sure you listen on Mondays. Navigating Privateer Life. We do a inspirational quote and then tell a story on how to help you through your privateer season. We do have a Patreon where you can get a discount on the products that we're going to start reviewing here soon. And we're going to start reviewing here soon. So, we're talking about the good stuff. And we're talking about good deals. So make sure you check that out. Alright, make sure you have fun out there.